and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Scotty Lobby. So yesterday, I had a discussion with my high school English teacher, and we were talking for a bit, you know, about our favorite books of the year when we were going over the curriculum. And of course, I just blindly went along with what he said, because let's be honest, who actually reads the book nowadays? Hopefully he doesn't actually uh, listen to this. But um, yeah, but hey. I know all you kids out there, y'all just use Sparknotes. Mm-hmm. Shame on you. So, in dedication to my teacher, I decided to dedicate this episode to a certain book that all of you seem too lazy to read and probably never even heard about if you're not a senior yet. I know it's sad. I know. Obviously, we'll be rearing off our usual course, but today... We will talk about Richard Wright's novel, Native Son. Now, for those of you who somehow don't know, it's centered around a young black man who accidentally kills a young white woman in her own home. Yeah, he choked her out. Completely on accident. It was out of fear. Um, it, it, it spirals downhill from there. Trust, trust me. You, you, you want to read the book. It's good. But the question that we'll be trying to discuss is, what issues do we see in his novel Native Son that are still somewhat relevant in Chicago today. First of all, you must understand that Wright was born during a time of racial discrimination and he faced injustice around every corner. He grew up surrounded by reminders of slavery, firstly, with his parents being the children of former slaves and his father being a sharecropper, and also they did live in a post-Civil War South. His family had then moved to Chicago in 1927, during which was known as the Great Migration. Now, this was the process of tens of thousands of blacks leaving the South to see opportunities in the more economically prosperous northern and midwestern industrial cities, such as Chicago. Now, although he and his family wanted more economic opportunities, like many others, it was just Racism and hate crimes were still present, and they didn't have too many more opportunities as compared to the South. And not even a decade before they moved there, the Chicago race riots had taken place. It was even dubbed the Red Summer, and these riots had killed 38 and injured 537, all mostly blacks. According to a New York Times article by Dr. Adam Green, he said that Chicago's 1919 race riot was a bridge toward, as well as a break from, a racial order. And that order, the riot and its aftermath, revealed was rooted in sophisticated institutions, dynamic city growth, and unyielding separation and inequality. And it baptized the modern American city in blood. Now, although some events may not be presented openly in the novel that you can see, you can still feel the effects in Wright's writing. For example, in his novel, the main character, Bigger, sees whites not as individuals, but as a natural oppressive force. He has an extreme fear of whites and describes it as a great looming whiteness that is pressing down upon him. Now, this fear he felt was later shown justified in numerous events, and one being the discovery of Mr. Dalton's actual motives behind being a quote-unquote supporter of blacks when it comes to being a philanthropist. Mr. Dalton and other wealthy real estate barons 
were effectively robbing the poor black tenants on Chicago's South Side and refused to allow the blacks to rent apartments in the predominantly white neighborhoods, thus leading to overpopulation and artificially high rents in the predominantly black South Side. This process had real life origins and became known as the Black Belt. Now, that was the term that we used for Chicago, but you uncultured swines, don't worry, all right? It wasn't a bunch of black people knowing Kung Fu. It was actually a method of segregation to keep African-Americans out of their neighborhoods. And in an article by CPL, they go into great detail on how housing was affected by racism and African-Americans were in a sense helpless to their own fate. Now, although African-Americans fought housing discrimination by protesting and filing lawsuits, the first families seeking to move into these areas would have no choice but to work with the speculators on extremely disadvantaged terms. Now, I will say that I didn't go into depth detail of the book. I've only given you all a grasp of the surface of this amazing novel. And there are much more deeper meanings behind the narrative that I could go on for days discussing. I know my teacher did. And maybe in later episodes we can do a follow-up on this topic. But for now, I would just recommend that you read the book and delve into the experience on your own. Because it will be an experience that will have you question the morals of society and challenge the actions and views of previous people. Uh, thank you for coming today and listening to my podcast. I know it's a little bit of a solemn take on a book, for instance, but I'm just 